You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame, the only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, this is the truth, maybe they should be shamed, are the unvaccinated. It's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you as will the rest of us who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. I think it's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All those vaccinated folks are gonna start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open season for me. I can do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts and running around the country saying, ha ah, ha, we don't care, we're living free and so forth. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. <laughs> The vaccinated feel the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedoms. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're gonna to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. And that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in, we'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Pointing back to the unvaccinated who are really creating a problem in this country, every death that we are seeing from COVID could have been prevented. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. I don't know how some of you sleep at night. Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar, who will be your host in this roundup of the past week of fake news. Today's going to be a bit of a hodgepodge episode, perhaps. Um, I, a couple of different topics that I want to talk about. And I started with that little trip down memory lane because, um, let me say this up front, if you got the COVID vaccine... I don't care. I personally don't care about that. I'm, I'm not against that. I'm not against you. After all, the smart people went on TV. They said, if you take this, you won't get COVID. We all had to make some kind of determination of whether or not to trust them. Some people were at greater risk for COVID than others. We were all kind of weighing the different factors for ourselves. We all knew that this shot was new. We knew it was experimental. We knew the side effects, if there were any side effects, that it was kind of unpredictable. So everybody had to make their own risk analysis. And me personally, I've always been in favor of letting people make their own decisions when it comes to things like their health, especially with stuff like COVID and the risks associated with it. If you want to wear a mask, if you want to self-isolate, if you want to get the shot, I think that should be your choice. 
I don't think it should be anyone else's choice. That's that's my perspective. That's always been my stance on this whole thing. The problem is that for many people in this country, that wasn't good enough. They wanted to force you to take their method, to take the vaccine. They wanted to force you to get it. The military was forcing people to get it. The government was forcing people to get it. Many large businesses were forcing their employees to get it. They're saying you can't come in if you haven't had it. If you didn't want to take it, you had to quit or you were fired. Now, to me, that's authoritarian. That is pushing it way too far. And it's kind of funny because if you opposed vaccine mandates, if you said everybody should just have the freedom to decide that for themselves, they called you the authoritarian. <laughs> they called you the fascist for wanting everyone to have personal freedom. <laughs> they redefined the word anti-vaxxer to mean it's not just someone who opposes a vaccine, but if you oppose a vaccine mandate, you could be in favor of vaccines. You could be in favor of the COVID vaccines. You could get it. You could get all the vaccines. You could encourage other people to get them. But if you didn't also support vaccine mandates, then you were considered an anti-vaxxer according to the new definition that they rolled out um, to push this thing. So to, to again, if you if you got the vaccine, I have no beef. With, I have no beef with you about that. I hope it worked out well for you. I mean, I truly do. If you didn't get it, I just wish you all the best as well. Okay, I don't think anyone's stupid for getting it or for not getting it. I think all of us have been operating off of limited information because nobody tells us the whole truth. People on both sides of the issue were telling lies, spreading theories. It's hard for any of us to ever know who to trust. So I hold nothing against you for your choice. But if you were in favor of vaccine mandates and then people had negative side effects because they took the vaccine because people like you were trying to force them to take the vaccine, then guess what? That's on you. Okay, if you tried to force people to take it, if you threatened them, if you villainized them, and then when they did take it, something bad happened to them, they had life-altering effects, they maybe even died, you are responsible for that. That is on you. Because then when people started reporting that they were having these effects, that they were having blood clots, that they were having, ir you know, for the women, that they were having irregular periods, uh, people were talking about the myocarditis, all that was flaring up. And then... All the elites, they gaslit them. The media said, oh, this is not really happening. These are all conspiracy theories. And now we know. Those deaths, the vaccine injuries that people got, they didn't want to take the vaccine, but you made them take it anyway. You manipulated them. Now they're suffering for it. That's on you. And most likely what's going on with Jamie Foxx is on you. So <laughs> let's talk about him for a few minutes. Do you remember a few months ago, he went to the hospital because they said he was having a major... Um, medical episode they you know they called it like a medical complication or something like that and so that's you know suspicious language that's what they put out that first night that he's having a complication you don't call it a complication if somebody you know is running too fast and they break their toe you, you, you use the word complication whenever they're having a reaction to maybe some other kind of medical treatment or you know just a reaction to something you tried to do one thing and it had a bad effect now they have a complication. And that was the word that they used the night that he went into the the hospital in early April. They said he was hospitalized for a medical complication. Jamie Foxx is who I'm talking about. Jamie Foxx, he's known for playing uh, the black guy who always dies first in movies. Uh, for, and for right now, he's actually still alive in real life, as far as we know. <laughs> but he had to be hospitalized in early April because of this mysterious complication that he had. 
And so then a few weeks later, everyone kept asking, where is Jamie Foxx? Because, you know, whenever an actor gets hurt, when they get in some kind of accident, um, the traditional thing that actors do nowadays is they release us, you know, a statement. They usually release a video. They post it on Instagram. They tell people, hey, I appreciate your thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, they, they do that whole thing. And Jamie Foxx hadn't done this. You know, we had been given no information for several weeks, totally silent. And then early May, so about a month after his complication, then early May, his his Twitter or his uh, Instagram account, they post a picture. It's just a picture with some text on it. It's not a picture of Jamie Foxx. It's just an image with some text on it. And it just says, appreciate all of the love, feeling blessed. That's all it said. So there's no picture, no video, just some words. And it's like, okay. And then a few weeks later in mid-May, his daughter posts something on Instagram. She says, my dad has been out of the hospital for weeks, recuperating. In fact, he was playing pickleball yesterday. Thanks for everyone's prayers and support. Now, when someone is seriously recuperating and they're seriously out back playing pickleball, that's just not what you do. If Jamie Foxx is playing pickleball, that's not the kind of thing that you have your daughter say on social media six weeks later. You show a video of it, right? Or at least take a picture or something and show it. I mean, it's been like six weeks at this point and nobody has seen him. So they, they need a little bit more info than that, right? You need a little bit more info than than that he's playing pickleball. Um, you show it. You don't tell it. And and plus, I don't have the slightest idea what pickleball even is. So I would really, really like to see this video. Give me a little bit of an idea of what's going on here. And so that's whenever I heard that, that comment, my dad's out. He's out back playing pickleball. Well, that's when I knew something's up. Okay. Because, you know, if you just want privacy, that's one thing. And I can respect that. I don't really personally care what was ailing him. It's none of my business. I don't stay up late at night thinking about it. But it started to get really suspicious whenever she posted this because we haven't even seen him for six weeks. And his daughter is just kind of posting this almost kind of like a like, hey, why is everyone asking about this? He's totally fine. He's been out of the hospital for weeks. Well, if everything's back to normal now, then where is he? Like, why didn't you? Why isn't he just posting this? Why isn't he letting us know he's, he's back home? You know, why it's with, what's with all the secrecy? So then on June 2nd, and so this is about two months after the initial hospitalization, then this story was published on MSN.com. And I'm going to read the story. MSN.com, it's not some far-right conspiracy theory blog. You know, if anything, it's a far-left conspiracy theory blog. And they, so MSN.com, all right, kind of a major news source. It's like the homepage on a lot of people's computers. And they report, this new story on MSN. Reports online say Hollywood megastar Jamie Foxx was allegedly left both paralyzed and blind after receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. These shocking claims were made by journalist A.J. Benza in an interview on the Ask Dr. Drew podcast. Benza said that a supposed well-placed source told him how Foxx was pressured into getting the vaccine and of the effects he allegedly suffered. Quote, Jamie had a blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. He did not want the shot, but the movie he was in, he was pressured to get it, said Benza. The 61-year-old went one step further, claiming that the blood clot in his brain, and this is another quote, the blood clot in his brain caused him at that point to be partially paralyzed and blind. So this is a just some guy on a podcast who's claiming what he heard from a some unnamed source. That's not very credible information. I get that. 
But I will point out, it does make perfect sense with everything else that we know so far. Because I'm trying to figure out just why the secrecy. You know, why the blatant kind of in-your-face, oh, we're acting like everything's fine, but it's obviously not. Why the secrecy? Like, if it was anything else than a bad reaction to the COVID vaccine, I'm just trying to figure out why the why not just come out and say it, okay? And so Jamie Foxx, he's a 55-year-old. He looks pretty healthy. I mean, he you know, as far as the movies I've seen him in, he's always looked like a pretty healthy guy. Um, why not just say what happened with him? You know, and again, we're all for, I'm all for respecting someone's privacy. I don't really need to know. I'm just struggling to think of very many reasons that you wouldn't just say what was going on at, or, or at least just tell people, Hey, we're dealing with something. It's kind of a private issue and we just don't want, we just don't want a big spotlight on it right now. They're not even doing that. They're just trying to act like everything's fine when it's clearly not fine. Cause we haven't, cause we haven't seen him. So the COVID theory makes a lot more sense. And then, so that was last Friday. Okay. Now what's in the news today? Let's talk about what's in the news today. NBC. This is a story. Actually, I think this was from last night. NBC reports an unsubstantiated claim that Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx was hospitalized after being seriously injured by a COVID vaccine has gone massively viral, despite a representative for the actor saying the claim is untrue. So this has been five or six days since that MSN story came out. And now a representative for the actor is going out here to say, oh, no, 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 that's nonsense. <laughs> so here's my first reaction when I see this. Why is a representative going out there and saying it's not true? Why can't Jamie Foxx just go out there and say it's not true? Why can't you know he just call a reporter? Why can't he just release a video? <laughs> Why does it a representative has to go out and say this, okay? Why haven't we seen Jamie Foxx yet? It's been three weeks, guys. I mean, how long is a pickleball game supposed to last? So I'm calling baloney on this. Um, this whole thing about a representative going out there, that is, that's more so convinced me that this is more, more likely a COVID thing. Because why would he wait? Why would he wait six days after the story broke? Why wait so long to come out and then deny the rumors? Okay. I mean, this was reported on a major website. It's like a bunch of people's homepage, MSN. You know, a lot of people see it when they turn on their browser in the morning. Why wait so long to deny this story? Why wait so many days if it's not true? You know, did they have to get some other cover story lined out before they could go out and deny the rumors? You know, that's what that's more what it sounds like to me. And so there, there's something that we're not being told about this whole thing. I mean, it's obviously we're not being told, but they're they're also trying to kind of gaslight us or deceive us by acting like things are fine when it's not. And again, I don't personally care about this one guy. I mean, I like Jamie Foxx. I've always enjoyed him whenever he popped up and stuff. He was Electro in that Spider-Man movie. Thought he thought he did really awesome in that last Spider-Man movie. So, as you know, I'm I'm perfectly pleased with him as an actor, as a person. Don't know anything about him. Don't care. Not personally attached to him as a person. I don't care about his medical situation. I'm really just more maybe fascinated here today by the dishonesty around the whole story. That's what really bothers me. Is like all the the deception and intrigue around it. You know, I'm just, it's just now that's what's got me really curious. And Hey, let's go down further into the rabbit hole for a minute. Okay. Cause there's actually, I'm going to throw out the, here's a total left. What do you call it? Curveball out of left field theory here that maybe it has nothing to do with the COVID vaccine. There could be something even more 
sinister going on right here. So I'm going to read to you from a BBC article, and this is from the 28th of March. And so that would mean this this article was released about one week or so, I think it was eight or nine days, before he had his medical complication, as it was called, okay? Listen to what this is. Listen to this story from the BBC. Jury selection has begun in the trial of former Fuji's musician, Prox- I don't know how to say this name, Prokazarel Prazmikl, a case with global intrigue, a multi-billion dollar corruption scheme, and a fugitive Malaysian tycoon, sometimes referred to as Asia's Great Gatsby. Prosecutors allege that Mr. Michael, 50, or maybe it's Mikhail, but 50 years old, took more than $100 million from Malaysian businessman Joe Lowe to convince former U.S. President Donald Trump to abandon an investigation and allow the extradition of a prominent dissident to China. So I know those were some long sentences right there, but here, here, if I could just break it down to you, Trump's being accused of taking a bribe from a foreign billionaire, okay? That's what the headline is, is, or the story is saying here. Trump's been accused of taking a bribe from a foreign billionaire, and jury selection has begun in this trial, okay? So maybe you hear that and you're like, wait a second. Why have I never heard about this before? Like, why is this the first time I'm hearing about it? That's what I'm thinking as I'm reading it. Why is this the first I'm hearing about yet another Donald Trump scandal? What's going on here? Well, here's one reason. Because we mostly get our news from American news sources, all right? Which means they only tell us what, um, what I guess, what they want us to hear. You know, they keep us in our little American bubble. Um, it's a big bubble, but, you know, we aren't, we, aren't, we aren't necessarily reading the headlines of what's going on in the rest of the world. We only read what the news media in America wants us to know about and what's profitable for them to report on. So we don't hear about all this stuff that's more, like, international sometimes. And Americans are largely unaware of what's going on around the rest of the world. So anyway, that's one reason. Here's the second reason, all right? This is a Trump story, but you might say, well, why didn't the American media cover it if it's a Trump story? Well, here's reason number two. You probably haven't heard about it because this story also indicts Obama. Let me keep reading. Additionally, Mr. McKell stands accused of making illegal contributions to Barack Obama's 2012 U.S. presidential campaign using a network of third parties paid with foreign money. So this guy's not just accused of paying off Trump. He's been accused of paying off two American presidents, one a Democrat and one a Republican. Well, then it's no wonder we haven't heard about it. <laughs> if you listen to the previous episode, we demonstrated that President Obama was one of the most corrupt people who's ever held that office. He lied to his voters for years about Trump being a Russian stooge and he knew full well the whole time that Trump was completely innocent and he kept his mouth shut. So we know Obama's corrupt. This article is about Obama's corruption and all the foreign money that he received when he was running for president. And that's probably why you haven't heard about this thing. Okay. So anyway, this guy, Proz McKell, he's accused of paying off two American presidents. Okay. But perhaps you're wondering, what does this have to do with Jamie Foxx? Well, let me read you to you from the witness list that's included in this article. And it includes some pretty interesting names. Leonardo DiCaprio, Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, Martin Scorsese, Mark Wahlberg, and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is one of several people named as a witness in an international corruption investigation into President Barack Obama's finances. All right. So 
He gets he gets named on this witness list, and then a little bit over a week later, he's in the hospital. All right, uh, and I don't think it's because of his connections to Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, you can tell from the witnesses, Giuliani, Bannon, they're probably witnesses for the Trump angle on this. These Hollywood actors and all these celebrities, they're probably more for the Obama angle. And all of a sudden, one of them ends up in the hospital with a very, you know, out of the blue medical episode going on. So what's going on here? Was this a vaccine? Was Jamie Foxx attacked or poisoned with something? Why are they not telling us what's going on? Is Jamie Foxx even alive? What is pickleball? Like, these are all questions that we are probably never going to know the answer to. All we do know is that they're lying about something. I wouldn't be surprised if pickleball is not even a real sport. Okay, I'm going to take a short break. And uh, as I take this break, I want to play you a clip from a friend of mine's podcast. His name is Daniel Moore. He's, uh, he's doing this series called Woke News Brief, and uh, it's got some interesting information. He shares a lot of uh, stories that you should probably keep your eye on. So I'm going to sh- I'm going to share a snippet from his show, and then I'll be back right after this. Well, the publisher of Gone with the Wind has added a trigger warning to its latest edition of Margaret Mitchell's beloved novel. Pan McMillan says the Civil War novel romanticizes the Old South and is basically racist and stereotypical. The text of this book remains true to the original in every way and is reflective of the language and period in which it was originally written. We want to alert readers that there may be hurtful or indeed harmful phrases and terminology that were prevalent at the time this novel was written and which are true to the context of the historical setting of this novel. Pam McMillan believes changing the text to reflect today's world would undermine the authenticity of the original, so has chosen to leave the text in its entirety. Well, if the book is that offensive, why publish it at all? Would it not also be triggering for a publisher to make money on the sales of a novel they consider to be racist? The film adaptation has come under fire in recent years. HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind from its streaming service after the death of George Floyd. A spokesperson for HBO added that Gone with the Wind is a product of its time and depicts some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that have unfortunately been commonplace in American society. These racist depictions were wrong then and are wrong today, and we felt that to keep this title up without an explanation and a denouncement of these depictions would be irresponsible. A number of theaters refused to broadcast the movie, even though it set a record for Academy Award nominations and wins, 13 in all, and 8, including Best Picture. Hattie McDaniel became the first African-American to win an Oscar thanks to her portrayal of the character Mammy, a moment in cinematic history that should also be celebrated and not erased. But this is modern-day woke America, where common sense is gone with the wind. So again, that was my buddy Daniel Moore. He's got a podcast called Connecting the Gap. And anywhere that you can find this podcast, you can probably find his as well. And you can find his in more places. He puts it out in a lot of places. So that was just a clip from his latest episode. That was called a Woke News Brief. And um, you can check that out if you'd like to. One more piece of info I'd like to comment on today. I want to, I want to say a little bit about cable news. And I'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, hey, listen, if you want to keep in touch, you can keep in touch with me on Twitter throughout the week at Fake News Luke. 
And also, I do another podcast. It's a Bible study podcast. It's called Cross References. And um, so that you can check that out again wherever you get this one. You can find Cross References. Uh, also, I, I'll just mention I didn't do an episode on this one last week. I kind of just took a few weeks off. I was trying to wait till I had something to say about something. So I don't, I don't just want to force myself to get on here if there's nothing that's really kind of, uh, I don't know, rattling around in my brain. But I had a couple things this week. And also, I was like, you know, i kind of been hating on Trump and the conservatives for the past few episodes. And um, that's not really why I do this podcast. I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I, I look at what's going on right now. I'm quite outraged by former President Trump and some of the, just the wild stuff he keeps saying about DeSantis that I think is unfair. You know, I mean, calling him gay, calling him a groomer, calling him, uh, or it's in, in, implying that he's a pedophile or something. Uh, I just think we could do so much better guys as Republicans. And so that's why I've been a little cranky <laughs> lately. And I, here's what I've decided, you know, if Republicans decide to go ahead and nominate Trump to run again, like when there's five or six much better choices that are on the table right now, if they decide to go with Trump again, I think I'm just going to have to stop caring about politics because it's like if Republicans are that uninterested in fixing the problems in this country, then I mean, the, the, the country really doesn't have a hope anymore. It has no future. It doesn't matter if Trump would win again. If they're, if the Republicans are that uninterested in fixing anything, it's literally hopeless for this country, unless revival breaks out or something. But that would just show that, you know, the the it is too far gone for the government. So, And everyone's already acting like it's going to be Trump versus Biden all over again next year. That's what it seems like is because if, you know, if the if the election was tomorrow, then I guess that's what it would be. But um, those are the two guys, I guess, in the lead statistically. But I just don't believe that's what's going to happen. You know, I just feel like with those two guys, there are way too many variables to assume that a year and a half from now, it's going to be Trump versus Biden round two. You know, one would be 80 in his next term. The other one is 80 right now. Either one of them could have a stroke or a heart attack and drop dead in the next five minutes. That would be no surprise to any of us whatsoever, right? <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't be surprising at all. Men at their age in their high stress positions. So this country's news cycles have... Um, They've been so radical ever since like 2015, 2016. It's like one thing after another. It's unrelenting. And I'm just kind of at a point like nothing surprises me anymore. So if all things stay the same, Trump and Biden would be the candidates a year and a half from now. But if the past few years have shown me one thing, nothing ever stays the same. So I've decided I'm just going to quit getting angry about it. I'm going to stop being cranky. We've had plenty of time to let the process play out. So I, I'm just going to chill. That's what I'm going to do is I'm just going to chill. I'm going to stop getting mad about this stuff. I'm going to stop getting mad about the nonsense over on True Social. Since it's over on True Social, nobody sees it anyway. I, I think that's part of my irritation is I think people should see what's going on over there. But anyway, I decided hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to chill about this stuff. There's a lot of time between now and the next election and a million things are going to happen between now and then. Everything's going to change. So want to quit worrying about it. You know, we, we usually poke on our uh, we usually we usually poke at our current president with the message from our president segment. Let's let's pause for a minute for a message from our uh, prime minister, the our our buddy right up there just north of us in Canada, Mr. Blackface Hitler. Let, let's let's pause for a message from him today. 
I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2 plus uh, kids' rights. Well, you know, speaking of through social a minute ago and how no one sees what's going on over there, that, that thought actually would make a, a really good transition for um, what I want to talk about last, is that news consumption is so fractured nowadays. You can get your news from social media. You could get it from an app. You could get it from your satellite TV. You could get it from local channels. You could get it from a website. You could probably find lots of other places to get it, too. Uh, it's really changed from how it used to be. I don't know that many people read newspapers anymore. I, I still do occasionally. I do it for work. Um, but, you know, in the in the past, it was newspapers and it was cable news and especially cable news dominated as the source, the gatekeepers of everything that people needed or could possibly know. If it wasn't on CNN, if it wasn't on Fox, it practically didn't happen. And those days are over, you know, and part of it's because of changing technologies. Part of it's because of so many self-inflicted wounds from the cable news networks. And, uh, and let's talk about that a little bit. CNN just fired its newest head honcho, the guy who had been there a year and four months. So, such a short time, I never quite figured out how to say his name correctly. Is it, is it Licked? Is it Chris Licked Light? I don't, well, it doesn't matter anymore. So CNN's, CNN's biggest problem is its complete and utter lack of credibility. It's such a joke. You know, CNN is fake news. It wasn't just something that Trump said. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it's true. And so Chris Lick got hired to run that network and he got rid of all the anchors who had become really an embarrassment to the network. He got rid of Brian Stelter, got rid of Don Lemon. He should have done those things day one. He's really stretched it out and it was probably too little too late. He's out now. And I still always say CNN has so much potential. They could beat Fox so easily if they were just a balanced network. But here's what the problem is with CNN. Every time they have an opportunity to turn the corner and be better, they just keep digging themselves into the same hole they've always been. They just keep doing exactly what they always do. And so they never take an opportunity to improve and fix the problems. And that's why they continue to be a joke. I, I believe in CNN. I believe they could turn it around if they if they had anybody. They just need to hire me. Hey, guys, I hear there's an opening for somebody to fix CNN, you know, you got you got my Twitter handle if you want to reach out. So that's CNN's issues, and then Fox is turning gay, and I and I mean that pretty much literally. You know they they hired Caitlyn Jenner as a spokesman over there, and and, and for the record, Jenner's also a Trump spokesman. So you just might want to keep that in mind. Fox News right now is celebrating LGBT Pride Month, and uh, this is this is where we are. In case you thought it was a conservative network, in case you thought they were still conservative. If you worried that perhaps they might stop being conservative whenever Rupert Murdoch finally dies, I have some bad news. It has already stopped being a conservative network. They fired their strongest conservative voice. It was Tucker Carlson. They got rid of Dan Bongino, who was another strong conservative on there. The winds are blowing in a different direction over there at Fox News. and uh, but But also, dropping Tucker Carlson from their lineup, that has really shown itself to be the death knell in the coffin for Fox. So Tucker this week has launched a Twitter show. It's called Tucker on Twitter. The first episode came out Tuesday. It got 63 million views as of day one. Okay, 63 million. 
Now, granted, 12 of those were Brian Stelter as he sobbed into his keyboard, but 63 million people, uh, you might say, well, not everybody watched the whole thing. You know, it says 63 million. Probably some people watched 10 seconds. Well, okay, sure. But also not everybody watches cable. A lot of people just have cable TV on. And, you know, they get the numbers that come in for who's watching cable TV. But, you know, a lot of people have it on just to have something on. You know, uh, I was having lunch at my grandma's today. She had Fox on the whole time in the other room. We didn't pay it a lick of attention. Uh, I'm sure she wanders by and watches it sometimes. But, you know, it's just something older people put on just to have something on. It's just really not relevant anymore like it used to be. For example, Tuesday night, uh, the ratings were in for Tuesday night. CNN got 569,000 views, viewers, on Tuesday evening, okay? Keep in mind, we live in a country of 300-something million people, and yet less than 1 in 300 people were watching CNN. Fox News had 1.73 million viewers that night, MSNBC had 1.86 million. So, hey, Fox is now getting beat by MSNBC. That Now that they fired Tucker, now their viewership is like a third of what it was a few months ago because they dropped their biggest star. Great business model, guys. Tucker Carlson, that same night, got 63 million views for a video that he released on Twitter and the video wasn't even that good, quite frankly. I thought it was kind of boring. But it shows you where the power is, and it's not on cable news. Okay? And hey, older people are still going to watch cable. The only people I know who watch cable or even have cable anymore and primarily get their news from from, from cable, it's older people. And I'm not against that. I mean, that's if that's what they like, then they can go for it. you know. But But we can look at it and we say, well, that's how we know an industry is dying. When only the older people are trying to do it anymore. Um, that's that's just shows you that's like when you know the energy has gone somewhere else. You know, I'm sorry if that sounds ageist, but I'm not I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying that's kind of a fact. If only the older people are into something, that means the power dynamics are changing. The energy is going somewhere else. I mean, if you think about it, okay, that Meghan Markle and she's what does she marry Prince Harry? You know, I don't I can't keep up with all that stuff. But she's the she's the one who the, uh, she married into the royal family over there in England. She was set up to be like the, a duchess. She could have been a princess, potentially long shot. Potentially she could have been a queen someday. And yet she convinces Harry to run away from the family. They run off to America. They come over here, and what do they do? They start a podcast, and where they whine about how they're the victim all the time. So think about that. They were in royalty they they were in what used to be considered the most powerful positions in the world among the world elite right or that's that's what it used to be at one time you were a king you were a princess you were a duchess you were you were made for life and she threw all that away to do what so that her and harry could go become podcast stars the power dynamics have shifted and they know where the power is now and the energy is somewhere else. Could be a you know, it could be a a, a good analogy for the presidency too. <laughs> you know, um, every I mean, I think everyone knows President Biden is not really the guy running this country. The power dynamics are coming from somewhere else, and he's really just the figurehead. When it's only the old people, the energy's gone somewhere else. And where's the energy right now? I mean, we we see the energy right now in AI. We see it in Twitter. 
We see it in independent media platforms like Daily Wire. And, and, and hey, speaking of Daily Wire, they just released their epic documentary, What is a Woman? They put it to the public for free on Twitter. That is an amazing documentary. I've seen it three times. I didn't watch it on Twitter. I was already a subscriber on Daily Wire, but it is the most important, most highly viewed, most highly influential documentary perhaps ever made in this country. And they released it free to the public on June 1st on Twitter. Last I heard, they had like 200 million views on it. That 200 million is like more than twice as much as the Super Bowl, guys. So what's that, what's, what that's telling me, cable news is done. Internet killed the cable star, and the podcasters are the new kings. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear that there's a sport out there called pickleball, that's just fake news. Fake news.